Scott. Welcome to the homeowners edition. Giants among them. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how the acoustics are in here. I'm well, feeling. It's a loud echo, but that's okay. So fill our listeners in. You're in a peach room with almost a peachy shirt to match the room color. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I'm going to say like it feels like there's no furniture in here, and maybe that's that's causing an, an orchestra quality to, to my. Um, I, I think so. Yeah. So you moved, Brian. You are now, uh, you moved, you're three for three in the tri-state area now. You've lived in all three of the tri-states. That's true. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. As an adult, I've now, yeah. Check them all off. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All three of the tri-states. I couldn't stop thinking. So you moved on Friday and I was just thinking about it. It's so crazy that there was a period of, of our lives that, you know, it was like damn near a decade or more where annual moves were like a thing. Or at at the longest, I'd live in a place for two years and move back in those days. Yeah, yeah, right. Every year you're switching apartments. Right. That's why I have no stuff. Because you... As a, as a relic of that era, because I just decided that possessions were no good. <laughs> <laughs> what role... Did your bedroom circa 2007 play in your decision to just not have stuff anymore? And just for our listeners, uh, Brian and I lived together 2007, 2000, or maybe six, seven, or seven, eight. And uh, Brian, our apartment, Brian's room was a converted closet. <laughs> right? That apartment was so ridiculous. <laughs> like, one, how we ended up there, like, I saw it alone, right? You hadn't, did you, like, I made the, the dubious decision to yeah. move us there, right? You didn't yes. even see it. No. I was like, we got to get it. Yeah. I just was like, I think in my head you were only allowed to look at one apartment and then you, like, <laughs> had to take it. Because, like, there was no reason to sign up. And, and to sweet, to, like, get you on board, I just was like, you get the good room. Like, don't worry about it. Yes, because I, I knew so. I was making a terrible decision, like a totally unjustifiable. Like, what am I doing? I, move. I gave you an opportunity to walk that back too. Once I saw your room, I was like, <laughs> "Are you sure about that?" Because the way we had to get your bed in was to push the mattress only into the bedroom, and then, like you, me, and Lou, I think, just Run jumped on it leap. until it. It fell until it yeah. flattened in the room. Yeah. So it was the size of a mattress, basically a twin mattress. Yeah. Or full. Full-size full. mattress. Let's yeah. not get crazy. Right. <laughs> but that was the, the square footage of your room. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> Do you remember we were moving in and we had emptied out your apartment the morning of and we thought we could do the whole move ourselves and we drove the U-Haul. Yeah. And got there and I realized like my arms were jelly. <laughs> and then we were staring at like seven flights of hell. And yeah. we called and the world's strongest man came to yeah. help us. Yeah. Am I remembering this? Like, didn't he? I remember him on his chest, solo, lifting a couch up those stairs. That's 100% what happened. Yes. Yeah. And I was like in awe of it. I don't think it was a couch because I think we ended up buying a couch from Ikea 
that we subsequently broke during the Giants playoff run. But I, it was like a recliner. You know, like... Right. It was a ridiculous piece of furniture that he yeah. just barrel-chested. Yeah. Yeah. No, and because and you texted me on Friday while you were moving. I, I can't remember how you phrased it, but it was perfect about... <laughs> Something how about how American moving paying movers is? <laughs> oh God, yeah, <laughs> it's the, yeah the ultimate ahead. like capitalist, just unsatisfying. You're paying a fortune. The people doing it are clearly being exploited. No one's happy. Right. Here, actually, this is a good. This is I'm, I'm interested in your take on this. So we had these movers, and we had paid to have them pack up the kitchen. Okay. So, you know. One, it's hard work. Our apartment that we were they're moving us out of is two flights of stairs that are no fun. Anyway, they're packing up the kitchen and the guy comes up to me and, you know, one, he's the leader of the crew. The other guys don't even speak any English. He's the guy that can speak English. So he's the lead dog. And he tells me that the company, the amount of boxes they gave them for the kitchen we've used up so that to keep going, it would technically cost more money, you know, like for what we paid for. And he said, and I'm like, okay, well, like we need more boxes, I guess. So he's, he's kind of like, he's like, all right, you want me to call the company? He's like, or, you know, we could just make a deal between you and me. So I'm like, okay, this is the shakedown. And I'm tempted to just be like, okay, let's call the company, you know, like, and then see what he does. Cause I have a feeling he'd be like, uh, uh, no, 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 you know, like, he doesn't want to call the company about this. This is not company policy. Correct. Like right. we paid to have the kitchen. And, you know, part of me is like annoyed because I was already planning to like take care of these guys with yeah. like a nice tip, you know, like, and I, I'm a generous tipper in general. Like I won't get into specifics, but I was going to make sure they were taken care of in that department. So then you're like, you know, man, like, you don't have to do this little hustle on me. <laughs> on the other hand, you know, they're sweating their asses off. It's 90 degrees. You know, I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, you and I will make a little arrangement. Sure, that's fine. You know, and I paid them a little extra for the extra additional boxes. You know, but it's just like, you're just like, why did, why did we have to? Right, why did it have to come to? Now, let me ask you a question. Did he... Did he throw out a number in this discussion or he just left it up to you basically? Yeah, he did not really throw out a number. Okay. So I, I wish I could give you more specifics about this. How I feel, I think how I feel about this will surprise you, but I had an interaction recently. Well, no, maybe not recently. I think it was the last time we moved, but whatever it is, because I think you're probably similar to me, whereas that whole negotiation process makes me way more uncomfortable than it does them. Yeah. But I could sense that the guy that I was dealing with who was running a similar deal with me, I, I don't know. I sensed an, a discomfort in him too. Like, I think, you know, he was also the leader, of course. That's who you're going to deal with. You're going to deal with the leader. And, yeah. I don't, and I think probably a similar situation. I think his English was the best and therefore he was the leader. I don't think that necessarily meant he was the most suited to negotiation. It's just right. he had the best life, but I don't know if he had the right personality for it. But I do have reason to believe that there are a lot of shitty people out there who don't tip these guys or yeah. don't tip these guys well. They don't have the same emotions that you and I have when watching – 
you know, a, a man who's definitely older than we were at the time. Like when we were still in our 20s when we moved into that apartment, right? Yeah. I would have put that guy at least in his late 30s. The guy yeah, moving us. That's true. Yeah. Or mid 30s. Youngest. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he carried a recliner up seven flights of ladder steep stairs. Yeah. So I have respect for the movers. <laughs> right. You know? We and didn't I know you're, you're, enough. You're... <laughs> right. So when that guy kind of approached me with it, I took it as just like, we're just trying to make sure we get a tip today. Like, I want you to know that we get paid minimum wage at best. Today's work is reliant on you footing the bill. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that was just the vibe. I can't remember exactly what was said, but I said, listen, I, I just up front, I got every intention of taking care of you guys today. I'm going to give you half of it now. I'll give you the other half at the end. And I gave him, you know, a stack of cash that was half of what I expected to give them that day. And he, they were happy. Never right. came up again. And I tipped him at the end. So I think sometimes those like shakedowns are really just those guys is like, how do I tell the customer that I get paid nothing and I'm really relying on them to do something to the right thing me. here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong about that. Maybe I got swindled or taken, but whatever it is, it's just like, it is what it is. You're in my apartment right now. I have no other options. <laughs> you know that the angrier I get, the more you're going to realize how much leverage you have. Yeah. So I just fine, sir. Like if you're not naming a price and you're just going to take cash, I give you, we're on the same page, fella. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately, I agree with you. Like, and that's kind of how I handle it. You just, sometimes you are like, you know, you're already paying a lot of money and then you're like, am I just letting myself get taken advantage of by people? Um, and you know, but I don't know. I err on the side of, we are there. No one was getting rich there. Right. Right. No one. And, And I desperately needed the work done and it was hard work. And I think his intent was the same. He had the same message of like, I got to take care of my guys. It's a hard job. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I almost wonder what would happen. I'm not sure I have the, I don't know, self-confidence, social comfortability to do something like this. But I almost want to like, as soon as they walk in, I just want to hand them an upfront tip and be like, there's more where that came from. We don't need to play any games today. Right. We don't need to do this little finagling about the kitchen. There's plenty of boxes in there. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I wonder, right. I wonder if he would have not even brought up the boxes. If right off the bat, you were like, here's half. More where that came from. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a day, fellas. Right. (laughs) More to come. (laughs) Yeah. I don't Um, know. But it's probably best to be upfront about that stuff. But, I again, I'm so happy that I have not moved in seven years. Uh, I only plan to do it one more time. Tops. Maybe two. Two. More moves. One, two more moves. Two. Well, yeah, right. One, two, uh, hopefully someday a house, wherever that may be. Uh, and then after that, somewhere nicer to die. To die. <laughs> Where I'll go to die. Yeah, right. <laughs> somewhere sunny and and nice yeah so was it as bad as it was when we were younger um you know it still stinks you got to get all your it's a pain in the ass and now then you move in and the boxes are everywhere and you're like 
well, don't leave yet. Somebody has to unload these. <laughs> um, I will say what's pretty nice is that my house is much bigger than my apartment. And so all of our stuff in here feels a lot more manageable. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. That is nice, I bet. Like it's not, we're, you know, we can p- kind of put it in places where, you know, you could walk around. It doesn't feel like you're cramped or like surrounded by stuff. Um, right. Yeah. I yes, would imagine I you have whole rooms that you could just shove boxes in and not even know that they're in there for a while. Yeah. I mean, they could put everything in the basement and just pretend it didn't exist, really. Um, yeah. This has been a wonderful, like, I don't know. It's been more than I thought it was going to be. I really was ready for a home. Wow. And I didn't know, I think, how much so. Um, I had people over last uh, Monday night, and we had drinks on my deck. And That's amazing. I hadn't had a friend over to where I live in <laughs> 10 years or many years, you know, like yeah. where I could host human beings in my home. And we could have a few beers and like, just that was like, well, this is quite nice. Like we're at my house (laughs) and there's people here to spend time with me. Right. Like that was very nice. People Um, I like. Right. So, well, most, yeah, most of the people I I like. Um, But yeah, so. I've been laser focused on the essentials, Scott. I have my putting green set up in the basement. I got a basketball hoop put up yesterday. Um, so I mean, those are essentials. I've got the know. grill coming today. Like oh. really, just just getting the things that I need to be happy. <laughs> I mean, I would say the the grill is essential. You have you have a yard now, so that yeah. that is essential. You have a yard. You need a grill. That's yeah. ASAP. I would say even before curtains. Right, right. I wanted it. It was supposed to come like last weekend. I was hoping I had this whole dream of like the you know first Saturday night, like cooking something on a grill, which would be fun. Um, you know, the basketball hoop, inst- I paid some guys to install it. Very similar situation <laughs> to the moving where my guilt of how difficult it was and it was hot and watching them. And then I gave these guys a huge tip on top of what I paid and then noticed there was like a real scratch in the back, like a big (laughs) in the backboard. And I was just like, oh, whatever. Uh, But still, they put the thing together. I would never have been able to put it together. It's a nightmare to put that shit together. Didn't your brother try to do that? He did. And he he succeeded. Like now I realize how well he did. I was kind of judging him. Right, right. But these guys, it's, it's pretty similar to his effort, like a little wobbly. Those things are just hard. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's an outdoor hoop. But as I said, uh, you, you know, you told me about the putting green a couple of days ago. Uh, those all, except for the grill, but the putting green, the basketball hoop, they're going to keep your son occupied. And that is as essential as it gets, I think. Yeah, yeah. Especially he's not in camp this week, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Those are crucial. Yeah. yeah. How many weeks has he got to go campless until school starts? Well, I think we're going to figure something out in the next few weeks here. Um you know, whether it's just like day things like, yeah, we, we got to keep them occupied. Okay. But school does start here 
the week before Labor Day. Right. Right. So that's at least one less week. So the school starts August 29th, but that's 26 days away. So yeah, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, New York City public schools, they don't end till like June 26th or whatever. And same thing, like on June 3rd, you got a lot of people like, oh man, you're at the end, aren't you? It's like not, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, it seems like that, but this last month is tough. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's so, true. That looming, that time before the big vacation, that's got to be brutal. Oh, it's, you know, it's like, it's funny too, because the kids know it's over. Yeah. They know. Like, you're not giving us tests now, like, that count now. <laughs> what are you, crazy? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, things get a little little prickly around, around that time. But congratulations on the big move. It's it's very nice that it's it's turning out better than than you than you even imagined. Yeah, it's really nice. It's in a great spot. Like I just it's just, you know, it's nice. I have a driveway, Scott. Park my car in the driveway. I know. Those are the things that these people they take for granted. They don't yes. know the battle of parking. It's not it's and this is the thing, it's not just the battle of parking. It's the mental toll and the bargains that you make. Like, you know, just for example, it could not even be that late. It's like six o'clock on a Wednesday, right? If, if you live in a city, whether it's Hoboken or, you know, Brooklyn where I am, and you got to drive some, it's just like, well, not today. Maybe right. like, maybe Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe next Tuesday, I right. could drive there and hope to get home in time to park and then not have to walk whatever it is I went out to buy three blocks back to my building to get it up stairs or whatever, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. The use of your car is so much more judicious. Like, right. Um, what's actually even pretty nice where we are is we can still walk into like a townish area. Yeah. Um, that's crucial. That's incredible. So that's kind of nice. So I feel like, um, I don't totally, I mean, it's not, I hope it's not any, you know, it's not a walkable place, but like that, at least I have that ability. I could like walk to get a bagel. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's really what, that's what you need in the suburbs. Some stuff I can walk to. Right. And a driveway. Is your garage attached to the house? Yes. Oh man. You know what my parents used to tell me when they used to live in Florida and they would still drive up here. The nice thing about having the attached, if you say you go far on a vacation, drive like you guys go to your, you know, are you closer or further from uh, the cabin? Same about distance. Same? same? Yeah. So let's say you guys decided to come home late on a Sunday night. You know, you got a bunch of crap in the trunk. Like for us, if we're away somewhere, we get back late at night. Oh, I know. And then we find a parking spot. I live in a pretty safe area of Brooklyn. But I'm not leaving all my stuff in the trunk of my car overnight. Just yeah, not, yeah. You're gonna do that, right? Yeah. So you got no matter what, you get home late, you gotta get everything up. You gotta you're not only are you in a suburb, but you gotta attach garage, you just drive right into that garage, you close that door behind you, you go upstairs, you get the right. bed, and you can unload that car tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. Yeah. Uh, I'm so jealous. Now I'm jealous. Now I was like just exclusively happy for you and this whole car conversation. Like our plans on Sunday, this just most recent weekend, decisions were made based on, well, the car's already in the right spot for alternate side. So no car today. Just the car is not even, whatever I we're know. doing today is foot only. Yeah. So many times you do that, you know? Yeah. 
You know, I was saying, and I love walkable cities, and so I'm not, this is not a defense, you know, suburbs are better or whatever, but like, you know, people, it's like nice to be able to walk to everything, but it does, you know, you can't go very far on foot. (laughs) And so actually your world gets pretty small. Like our world in Hoboken was small. Yeah. And because you can't take, it's like, oh, we have a car, but like, you don't. Your car, you really don't want to use it unless you've got to. So, yeah. like, you know, there's, like, places downtown in Hoboken. And Hoboken is one square mile, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. There's places on Third Street I'd be like, oh, yeah, never been there. Lived there 10 years. You know, like, restaurants I've never been to. Right. That is just like, well, it's not in my neighborhood. It's like, not in my neighborhood. It- <laughs> <laughs> it's within a mile. <laughs> square mile oh yeah i've never been there like you've never been there you know it's like so like well and it's so true it's like why you see so many redundant things like why is there a bodega on every corner and it's right. like, because the bodega two blocks away is in a different neighborhood <laughs> right. for the people who live over there this bodega is for me right right you need one you need a pizza yeah. place on every corner like, yeah yeah i know right Right. <laughs> it's so, so true. true. Yeah, it's so true. Well, well, congratulations, Brian. I just want to tell one more thing, just going back to the whole movers situation. I think, you know, we have now let our listeners behind the curtain a little bit to just see the general anxiety you and I live with, with human interactions on a day-to-day <laughs> basis and how really anything can become uncomfortable, including tipping and dealing with movers. When my parents moved from uh, Jacksonville, Florida to New Jersey, they hired movers. They hired movers to pack up their whole place and just move them up. Uh, but, you know, then a truck has to get driven from Florida to New Jersey, right? So the one of the gentlemen that came to move my parents and pack up their whole house told my dad that he was Cardale Jones's cousin. Cardale Jones, the Ohio State quarterback who led them to the 2014 national oh, title, man. only starting through those. So he's a cousin of Car- Cardale <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Did it come up because he saw you had Ohio State stuff? Yes, that yes, right. that is. But it's good because my dad stuff that my dad had. Yeah. So the day, I don't know this. The day they're moving, I just receive a picture <laughs> from my father of some guy sitting on his floor taping a box and then looking up at him confused <laughs> as he takes the picture and just sends the picture nothing else and i'm like all right it's moving day i was like, like, think I, it's no like, description of why of who this right. was why are you taking a picture of your mover i'm sure he doesn't like that right he can't like it he's yeah. probably like yeah <laughs> my dad writes Cardell Jones's cousin. And Cardell like, Jones's cousin. It's also like I didn't need a picture, right? You I believe just you. A photo of him, like <laughs> the picture isn't helping verify the story. It's right. just I'll take your word for it. I'll take his word for it. It's not. He's not Cardell Jones, right? <laughs> right. You can't look at the photo and go like, oh, it is Cardell Jones's cousin, right? It just to me is a guy look miserable taping a box. Who's like, why is he taking a photo of me? Right. Oh, that's amazing. And the guy was probably in his head like, oh, maybe I tell this guy's clearly an Ohio State fan. Maybe I tell him Cardell Jones is my cousin. I get a bigger tip. Right. No. Oh, no, you just get a photo taken of you. 
<laughs> while you're doing the job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is him. That's amazing. Oh, the whole tip just probably went way right over my dad's head. Not that he's not a good tipper or whatever, but just, you know. Yeah, that is really funny. Yeah, it's not where his head was at. <laughs> Mostly because he wasn't uncomfortable. He was just like, oh, good. People are here to move me. Oh, a celebrity is here to move me. Right. Let me Even grab a better. photo of him. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Brian, you might be a resident of New England right now, but we're all going to go ahead and assume you're still a Giants fan. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Uh, Giants camp has begun. We got about a week now in the books. Plenty of coverage. Where's your head at today, Brian? Um, I guess I wish Daniel Jones looked better. Like, <laughs> I wish you were hearing like good things about Daniel Jones, you know, yeah. but maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's okay. You're not, maybe it's for the best. You're not. Um, uh, is this Garoppolo thing going to happen? I, I don't understand it. I mean, the betting lines are the most alarming thing. If it was just Pat Leonard tweeting. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, Shut up, you little, you know. Worm. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it's not just, I mean, the, the betting odds are moving. Like, I don't think Pat Leonard's tweets are moving Vegas lines. So right. I think there's more out there than that. I just don't understand it. Right. I mean, that stuff does matter. Like, those things do usually, like, yeah, end up right. right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, where is that coming from? And, like, does that move make any sense to you? Like, no, I don't. First of all, how many years are left on his deal? I don't know. Jimmy Garopp. I mean, it's like one of those weird things where you're like, I don't want that at all. And then you are like, I mean, he is good. Like, uh, but like, I would just think that getting, I don't, I don't understand the path we'd be on if we got him. Right. Where, where where are we headed? Well, then you know, you, then he's what? How old is Jimmy Garoppolo? All right, we got to do some research on Jimmy Garoppolo. But I just want to say that the first thing that makes almost no sense to me is uh, is is like Tyrod Taylor already. I think you've pointed out was a dubious signing in terms of need. Jimmy Garoppolo would make uh, what Tyrod Taylor is getting paid just nonsense. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to like you. You would Daniel Jones be like in that deal? Like you'd have to like get him off the team. I I, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, right. You would think. And they would take him as their backup quarterback, maybe. Right, and then maybe he makes more sense as a backup to Trey Lance. Although he's too expensive right now as a backup quarterback, probably. But. Um, they Daniel Jones. Yeah, they probably wouldn't want him. But anyway, like Jimmy Garoppolo is thirty years old, so he's still in his prime. Yes. Like, I guess the thought would be, you like him. Like, you'd have to like him a lot. Yeah. And then the thought would be, okay, now we have a quarterback that we trust. And then next year, they have all this cap space. Right. And this is the final year of Jimmy G's contract. Uh, that almost makes it weirder, though. I know. So then you're going to, like, pay him a lot of money? Well, I don't know. Maybe they feel like he's a better option for this bridge year 
than Daniel Jones would be. But again, that's what makes no sense to me because then why did you get Tyrod Taylor? So that's what I mean. It's not a bridge. If you trade for Jimmy yeah. G, he's your guy. You he's like your guy. You, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't get it. I don't see it. It just makes no sense to me on so many levels. And then, I don't know, is it, it like, do you think, what's John Mara think about this? That there's even any sort of trade rumors that the Giants will replace Daniel Jones, a quarterback, at this point in the year? Yeah. Maybe I, because Jimmy's so handsome. He John is handsome. Mara is like, I can bring him around the club to replace Daniel. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Daniel can't grow facial hair like that. I'll tell you that right, right now. Right. That's true. He'd make um, a great fourth. Yeah. Yeah, right. But I, I don't – it just makes no sense to me. And the only, just the betting lines, they make it undeniable. But I don't get it. I can't – there's not an angle that I'm looking at it from that makes any sense. It doesn't make any sense for our salary cap right now because we already have to get rid of Bradbury just to have who we are right, right now. And, you know, Garoppolo's going to make more. So it doesn't make sense from a cap perspective. It doesn't make sense like we're going to have to trade for him, so we'll have to give something up when he'll be a free agent next year. doesn't make sense why we signed Tyrod Taylor. And I don't know where that leaves us with Daniel Jones. I just don't – I don't see any path to like, all right, well, I guess they're thinking, like what kind of team are we with Jimmy G this year? I don't know. Does he make us suddenly – I don't know. Does he increase our chances of winning the NFC East by – Probably, right? I guess. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. But so that's the goal this year? So then who's our quarterback next year? Uh, right. I mean, Jimmy G. Like, he would have to be, you'd have to be like, I mean, theoretically, I guess, it, it gives you an out in case he's not good. And then you don't have to go down the road with him. But it's like, I don't know. You're also putting yourself in a position where if he is good, then you're then you're committed to him. Then you have to like extend him to a big contract, yeah. which you probably don't want to do, which I don't want to do. <laughs> no, not at all. But it is that year. I mean, I totally agree with you. The betting lines is what's spooking me. Like they're the favorites. Like yeah. they have the best odds to land Jimmy G right now. The irony of all this, too, is one of the things we didn't trust about the new regime under the Giants is their take on Daniel Jones. It just felt too too much that they were parroting the, the company line by supporting him. Acquiring Jimmy G would certainly blow up that perception. But then I would think that that would be the wrong move. You know what I mean? It's like you wanted them – at one point, you wanted Joe Shane to go after a quarterback to show his independence from yeah. John Mara's weirdness, right? But then if it's going to be Jimmy G, well, I don't like that idea either. So what are we doing? <laughs> you know, like I'm glad you're not just an extra member of the Mara family now, but I don't know. Maybe they're smarter than you. I don't <laughs> right. What really freaks me out – is not the two that the Giants are the betting favorite, but that they like became the betting favorite. That like yeah, 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 moved. You know, it's like what hap- What is what is driving that? Yeah, um, I know. How does Vegas decide those odds? Do they have people like wh- wh- how do they determine? That? <laughs> I have, you know right. Know. Do they have is- experts that like? Do they have their own Adam Schefter who like goes around and? 
I mean, they have to. Like Ace Rothstein, right? In Casino. Yeah. You know, yeah. just somebody who has all the info, you know? Like, yeah. Like maybe a guy on the Giants grounds crew is in some gambling debt to Paulie Walnuts. And so he's sharing information about things he, you know, eavesdrops on. And like, who knows, you know, yeah. where they get this info from. But uh, I, yeah, I don't get it. It's super weird. Are the Giants beat writers the worst in the business? Are they? Like, I'm serious. I was listening to Francesa yesterday, and he was talking to uh, Steve Serby about the uh, Jets and the Giants. And, you know, he said something. Francesa just sort of like casually drops this line like, well, and we know Gettleman and Judge did not get along the entire time. We know that. Like, do we? How do you know? I don't. Who's we? I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. We heard it. And it didn't. Once he, they both were let go, you started to hear something that they didn't get along. Yeah. yeah but you still never got like the full departure expose. Yeah. Why don't any of the writers know it? Why don't we know it? Right. I don't get right. it. And now yeah. this. No, like, they all seem just as confused by Jimmy G as we do. I know. And like, why did Gettleman and Judge not like what did they not see eye to eye on? Like, yeah. And when did that happen? Right. right? Like what started that? Because he hired the guy. Right. And like what players did they not agree on? Or like you know what I mean? What was yeah. what were personnel moves that Judge thought they should do this and like did he not like Tony or the trade or like yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why we are always left with so many unanswered questions. Not even unanswered questions, but like, you no know, this is why when there was that there was that athletic article by Dan Duggan after the the previous regime collapsed, and that was why I was sort of like annoyed about the emphasis on Chris Mara and that other guy, the nephew. <laughs> Or son-in-law, whatever the hell it is. Um, <laughs> you know, and this nepotism thing. Because, again, I feel like that is not the real power in the Giants. And, like, I wanted the details that we're looking for is, like, what was the issue with Judge and Gettleman? And, like, that's more interesting. And what was that about? And what? Yeah. What caused that rift and who did they not, what, what moves did they make that one thought they should do this and um, another guy thought they should do this? Like, when did it go south? Like, what did John Mara feel about that? Like, how did, what did he do to rectify it? Like, that would be, that's what I want to know. Like, the fact that Chris Mara, like, every once in a while is like, I like this guy and nobody <laughs> listens to him. I, I don't think that's that a good deal, you know? Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you about, you know, we should have, there should have been a lot more after the Gettleman judge departure about what went on there. It's, it's baffling to me that we still don't know so much of it. And, you know, why, why don't we know anything about what's driving this Jimmy G betting line stuff? They're all just as confused as we are. What are they doing, Brian? Why do they have all that access and we don't? So does the beat, like, are they like, we don't know why they're sort of like, they don't see it? Or what? What's the? Yeah, I mean the the consensus of the beat is like here are the he, like the betting lines have moved. Not sure where this is coming from. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Not sure how the Giants would even pull this off from a captive perspective. Right. So they're just like 
Huh. You know, I don't yeah. get it. So why don't you get or who are you asking about it? Who are you talking to? Like <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean I don't get it either. So I, maybe maybe it's just it's just Vegas noise. Maybe it's not. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I just that stuff scares you. Like they that usually yeah. yeah. It means it's happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Especially when they move like like right. that, like a dramatic move like what could have happened that made the giants now stand out like it can't be david carr gave an interview where he said he thought it was a good idea yeah. <laughs> like that can't be it right i don't I know. know i yeah i don't know it makes no sense to me and i guess we'll see uh but you're right not super positive daniel jones vibes coming out of camp dable gave a press conference and he I thought effectively, like, I told you about this over text. I'm not sure if you've seen the the video clip of Dable. I thought he sounded credible when he was saying that. I thought he sounded like he was serious when he said, it's day three. It's everything's brand new. And I do think that one of the things I feel like I'm picking up on a lot from the beat guys is how different the offense is. Like, night and day. Yeah. That it, it like they, I think a lot of them, even if they're critical of Daniel Jones so far, they have emphasized that things look so different that they are confident that there actually is a lot that he has to learn. Right. The Giants are trying, Brian, I've been reading, their Giants are doing this crazy new thing this year on offense. So they line up in a formation. <laughs> and then before the center snaps the ball to the quarterback, they take a guy from one spot on the field and they move him to another spot. <laughs> And what that does is that the defense are like, hey, that guy moved over there. Right. We're going to do something. And then they start to do something. And then they're, you know, and then we snap the ball and then hopefully catch them off guard. I think it's a winning strategy this season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do like all that stuff. Um, I, I uh, There's good, seemingly nice energy to the Giants right now. Um, it just would be nice to see Daniel Jones. It's, it's, it would just be nice to hear good things. He looks good. He's sharp, you know, and it's just like he's throwing picks. Happy. <laughs> he's throwing lots of interceptions. Right. Offense looks terrible. Um, and I don't hear a lot of Saquon news either. Like, is he just not, you know, kind of taking it easy? No. I, as a matter of fact, so the first day in pads was mostly run game. And, again, it's one of those things where it's it's hard to decipher what's really going on there. The beat seemed to make a big deal out of it. Like, man, it's the first day in pads. Daniel Jones had a rough day the day before, and today it was almost exclusively run game. Not a good sign. And then the coaches are like, yeah, we we basically exclusively did pass before the pads came on because it's hard to practice run game without being able to hit each other. Yeah. So now that the pads came on, we focused on the run today. It wasn't really a reflection of his right. performance at quarterback. And it's like I could see both sides of it. Like I could see either side not – really knowing what they're talking about and or lying. I, right. I don't really know, you know, but for whatever it's worth, that first day of pads and in, in running, pretty much everyone on the beat was saying how explosive Saquon looked. Okay. And that like, he, there was like a diversity of runs. Sometimes he'd be running to the outside. Sometimes he'd be running <laughs> on the inside, you know, like, you know, not just run into the right guard's ass right. and then hope something opens up eventually right a diversity of runs speaking of joe judge man what is belichick doing right now is he just trying to like uh 
like is this like a degree of difficulty thing he's trying to execute and like with like what name an offensive coordinator or whatever having joe judge and matt patricia seemingly running his offense right now <laughs> <laughs> like the two most spectacular failures for my coaching tree over the last 10 years you guys fight it out to run our offense who are not offensive coaches right like, what is he doing what is his game and is it gonna work I don't know. I think when who was his like high profile defensive coordinator prior to Patricia? Because like Patricia was not officially the defensive coordinator, and neither was Flores actually. But I, with Patricia, I think it lasted more than one year. Where I think in the instance when the Patriots don't have an official coordinator, I think it's Belichick who's actually in the coordinator role, and then he has like a, a yeah like a top assistant that. For defense. No, I think for both sides of the ball, he does that. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Belichick is, is that, you know, you hear like he can, you know, call either side of the ball. Right. Which I, I, you know, I believe. I I guess. guess. I mean, he's never called offensive plays, but I guess maybe he has. Right. That we know of. He installs game plans. Yeah. You know, and then maybe he doesn't call the plays during the game regardless. Right. Do you think there's anything that's like, he need he feels he needs to do something so outside the box to cement himself as the more important <laughs> member of the Brady Belichick partnership that he's he's attempting like you know a double backflip triple lindy off the high dive degree of difficulty. <laughs> I mean, I want to say yes. Like the, I want to say that's what he's up to. Right, he's but trying to beat Rodney he's Dangerfield. Gonna, he's going to win a Super Bowl with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia splitting time calling plays <laughs> on offense and thereby cement himself as truly the greatest head coach of all time, of unquestioned. All time, yeah. yeah. I want to believe that. I want that to be true. I don't think it is. Well, like, What camp are you in with the whole coordinator thing? Do you think it's Belichick is doing that to be a general dick, whether it's to you know, be weirdly secretive when it's not totally necessary or to, uh, yeah, I don't know, gain some sort of edge, mental, emotional, whatever he believes it to be? Or do you think he probably has a really good reason internally for doing it this way that he doesn't totally want to explain to everybody? But to anyone who's going through it, it pretty much makes sense what he's doing. I mean, I'll say this. Any other coach in the NFL, you would you would be, they would be getting roasted for this like true they would be mocked like nobody would be like true <laughs> like if joe judge had hired matt patricia as his offensive coordinator the twitter jokes would be endless true. like no one else could even attempt this or to try to get away with it like it's pretty out there yeah um and I'm not that bullish on the Patriots this year either. I don't like. I don't think Mac Jones is that good personally. Um, so I'm very interested to see them. Uh, <laughs> and like, or but I will say like, if he pulls it off and they're like a good team this year, you are going to be like, my God, this guy. <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to be good. I mostly agree uh, with you, but I think it's really hard for them not to be good with him in charge. Yeah. Which is why, again, I don't know. Do you think that the situation with the coaching makes sense to everyone within the Patriots? 
Or do you think that this is just Belichick chicanery? It must make sense to everybody there. Like they must, he must have some kind of plan that he's communicating that makes sense. Um, but it's, it's pretty bold. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Right. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, make any sense. We still don't have an official play caller right now. Who do you think it's going to be? I, I, you know, but in our sense, like it makes total sense, right? He's got oh. a young OC, like he's an offensive guy. He's never been a head coach anymore. He's pro- he's trying to figure out, can I call the play? Like just, I'm doing this job for the first time. Like, can I do both of those things? And then he makes a call. Like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm not comparing the two situations. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I, I, I would be, I would be, I bet you, my best guess would be that it is Kafka. Um, okay, calls the plays, but and are, are, that's your guess. Is that your preference? I don't care. Oh. I don't care either. Part of me feels like. Part of what got Dable hired is his ability to call plays. So why wouldn't you do that? But yeah, I also look. I want to give him as much of the benefit of the doubt as I can, because uh, I think he's doing a good job so far. Right. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like we hired him. We hi- we wanted his offensive philosophy. I don't know that he needs to call the plays. You know. Yeah. It yeah. feels like he's already delivering on. Yeah. True. You know, changing the offensive conceptually. True. And I mean, look, we have offensive coordinators from both of the two teams involved in probably the best NFL game played last year. So, yeah. But with that said, so here's some camp notes, Ishii's camp notes, uh, where I can't tell whether we're receiving good news or bad news. Or every piece of good news is also bad news, and every piece of bad news is also good news. Totally. You know? Like, the defense looks way better than expected. Everybody, that was supposed to be the lesser side of the ball, and uh, they look really good. Some are crediting Wink Martindale. Could it just be that the offense sucks? Yeah. That's the problem in camp, though. It's like every time that Andrew Thomas looks good, it means the guy that he's blocking maybe doesn't look good. Like, right. it's You're playing against each other. It's so hard to like learn anything. Right. Well, and it's weird, too. In the same tweet thread... Right, I think this morning, maybe it was Art Stapleton I was reading. In the same thread, he talked about how dominant Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence have looked. Also, how shaky the interior offensive line has looked. But not connecting the two, it seems like. Right. (laughs) Right, how can those be independent of each other? Right. (laughs) You know, like, I would love it if Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence were dominant this year. That would be so much fun. It would suck if our guards and centers got dominated all year. Right, right, right. I hope they're not dominating because they're going against terrible competition right now. Exactly, right. Right. Especially because our starting center has, like, not played, too. So you're talking about a backup center. And and guard, I think everyone thought, would probably be one of our weaker positions. Yeah. Another weak position was supposed to be corner. Our corners have looked fantastic because they're making picks left and right. Again. <laughs> is that good news? Right. Or is Daniel Jones throwing egregious, terrible interceptions game after, like day after day? Yeah. 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 Impossible to know at this point. Right, right. So, 
I don't know what to make of it. I just, I hate camp. I hate reading about camp. Yeah. And I can't stop myself. I know. But I hate it. I know. I know. Because you're just not going to know until they start playing and you're trying to deduce it from all these stupid things and they don't really matter or tell you much. And yeah. What else can you do? Right. What else can we do, Brian? I don't know. I've already put money down on the Giants over. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I still could hit. Like, do you have any over-unders you'd like to share? No, I was thinking about putting an under on the Dolphins. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Why is that? (laughs) Because of Steven Ross? No, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. T- I don't buy Tua, and somehow I think that team is. I think. I think Flores was a good coach, and I. I think the coach that they hired is like sounds great on Twitter, and yeah. people like him. And I don't know that he's going to succeed. Um, I think football coach scheme is very important and schematics and all that, but it's like you're a leader of men. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to see how he does. Um, I don't know. That's just my gut, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I was listening to something fairly compelling yesterday. Uh, And this, I think, is going to reveal, like, maybe a league trend because you've had all these wide receivers switch teams for pretty huge money. And um, that's kind of changing the dynamic of how those guys get paid. Somebody was saying that the, the Dolphins could end up surprising people and overperforming because of Tyreek Hill. And how much Tyreek Hill, not just how talented he is, but how much he will help Tua. Because he makes the coverage read so much easier. Because the coverage is always dictated by where is Tyreek Hill. And so you always know who to throw to. And that was, I think the guy who I was listening to was more making the case about why the Chiefs could have a really bad year because of how good the division is plus losing Tyree kill and how, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, he's still going to have to learn to play without Tyree kill, which is going to be an adjustment for him. But so I'm wondering how much he'll help Tua. us. It's, it's, I agree with you about Tua. It's Tyree kill that would, I think, keep the dolphins afloat if anything. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be super fun right now. Just to interrupt, like we got, Probably about 10 minutes left on our recording. Air conditioner is about to get delivered. And, well, I'm, this guy's probably going to know I'm recording a podcast. He'll be like, oh, is he, is he famous? No, he's not. He's no. <laughs> he's, there's nobody who's going to listen to it. To this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Can I listen to it? I mean, sure, yeah, I guess. Right. If you want to. <laughs> want, we'll take one. We <laughs> spent about 20 minutes with my friend moving to Fairfield. <laughs> Right. Might not be hyper relevant, but maybe you'll appreciate the sentiments behind our, you know, tip strategies. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, I think I got to tip this guy. Right. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Should we talk about Deshaun Watson so that it's uncomfortable for you while he's listening? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Especially he can't hear you because I got the headphones on. So I'm just right. throwing out words like sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> masseuse masturbation and <laughs> things like that uh, <laughs> to make light of that certainly but uh so six games what do you think bry i mean the browns the big winners like yep. they, they they get they roll the dice and uh i don't know i'll say this for, for the whole situation like 
I, I genuinely, genuinely don't know what should happen. It, like, I don't know what's just like that. Does that seem too little? Yes, it does. Um, I don't know how these things, you know what I mean? Like he's not being charged criminally. How does a workplace? I don't know. You know, people want to hire him. Well, that's what I'm wondering. So let's say the same thing that happened with Deshaun Watson happened to, let's not say you, but let's say a colleague of yours in your business, in your industry, something like this happens to them. Do they lose their job at your company? Does your company even find out about it? I don't know what the process is. I think they could they could lose the job. Well, I mean, you could lose your job for anything, right? But like, would they? I, I don't even... I, I think probably, yeah. How would your company find out? Because was he ever arrested? No, he was criminally investigated. Like, I think people, if if enough people knew in the company, people could go and say they don't feel safe with him there. And I think the company would definitely have the ability. Um, I don't know. You know, I honestly yeah. have no idea. Well, cause I mean, that is the thing. I have no sympathy ever for the NFL. That's silliness. Yeah. But I don't know what they're supposed to do because I don't know. I just generally don't know what would happen to a regular person. If the same thing that happened, that is yeah. happening with the Sean Watson, would they lose their job? and never be able to work in their industry again. Like I would even say for me, I don't know. I guess it would just, it would just, it would be the outcome of the investigation. Like as a teacher, if something like that happened, you you certainly get removed from the school. You get removed from working with children for the duration of the investigation. Right. Um, and of course, if, if you if actually became criminal, then I, I, you lose your teaching license. You know, unions aren't that strong. But yeah. uh, if nothing came of an investigation, a criminal investigation, I don't know what would happen. Right. I mean, I, I do think the NFL, like, uh, you know, whatever, they set up this little kangaroo court. Like, I do think that makes a lot of sense for them to, like, get out of this, set up some kind of yeah. process that's not just, like, Roger Goodell, like, making yeah. these determinations. Like, that was not sustainable either. So this seems like they've done the right thing to like, um, but it does not feel like it just, I mean, it's just gross, man. Like he gets a six game suspension. They, the way they structured that contract. So he's barely losing any money. Uh. And then he's back in plenty of time. Like it just, you know, he settled all the cases because now he has all this guaranteed money from the Brown. Like, the way it has worked out for him is like gross, grotesque. Yeah. You know, and like, it's so hard to just like, and then he's there, he's going to be. And like, I don't know. On the other hand, you know, I don't know. I don't like tossing away human beings. Like they're useless garbage. And, but maybe he doesn't get to play in the NFL anymore. He has to go serve, you know, be a good person in another way. And yeah. Maybe he bl- I, lost his right to like I don't know like have this great job and yeah I don't know it's uh it's it's I don't understand I I think the real the real comeuppance for the Browns and for Deshaun Watson is going to be the media and the fans and how they treat them because 
it is. Like we talked about this already. I, you know, if anyone in the Cleveland media has any sort of pride in themselves, they're going to ask every week, did Mich- did Deshaun receive a massage as part of his weekly treatments, and who gave it to him? Right. Every it's a valid question. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Every week, that's never going to be an invalid question asked. Well, did you see one of the stipulations was that he can only receive massage therapy from team employees? And wow. Yeah, like he cannot seek out massages outside, like that are not right assigned to him by the team. Yeah. <laughs> You just no, just you're not trustworthy in a massage environment. Oh, I shouldn't laugh, but like, what is wrong with that guy? Like, God I Almighty! I sh- we shouldn't laugh, but I'm gonna make everyone forget any inappropriate laughter we may have had. I'll say something controversial here in our last 90 seconds of the episode. I don't know what's wrong with people who had a bigger problem with Michael Vick than they do Deshaun Watson. Oh, that like, yeah, the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's dog people out there and they're no. all living things. Right, right. Yeah. You know, these were women. Yeah. Human women. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm not saying, I'm not defending what Michael Vick did. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I never participated in any sort of animal combat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, I'm just saying, I don't get it. Michael Vick went to jail. Yeah. Right? Deshaun Watson's getting six games. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they're dogs. Like, yeah. were, these were adult women. Right. right. I don't, I don't, uh, what, like, how did he avoid any criminal, like. Well, I think because you can, you can pay off people and you can't pay off dogs. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's it. I think I think it was simply able to pay him. And no, and look, no judgment on the ladies. But there wasn't. Know? Yeah, right. I totally agree. Right. Take the money and move on with yeah. your life. Like right, right. So no. But I think that's really what it was, though. To, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. All right, Brian. All right. Another week in the books. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank again. you. Yeah. Again on your move. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>